is Locked On Jazz for the 27th of April. It's a happy hat day because it's sports and it might feel like we're heading to a funeral, but you just never know. We'll talk about it. Review game five, the stretch that went away. The Jazz actually went from doing everything wrong to doing everything right and still got no dividends. And are the little things mattering more in this league than ever before? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms and greatly appreciate you taking the time to tune in to make Locked on Jazz your first listen. Please enjoy conversations and comments in the uh, comment section if you're on YouTube. Um, What is the number one thing you think needs to change in game number five for the Utah Jazz? We'll see what you have to say about that in our comment section. On this Wednesday edition of Locked on Jazz, special hello to Bluebird and Ray and Andrew, our audience. A regular crew might just be in depression, but it's a happy hot day. Look at the colors today. We've got the mustard gold. We got the navy blue. We got the orange. We got the green. We got it all. Happy hat day. And Ray's exactly right. We need to make some shots. All right. A few things here. A few things. I generally agree. Felt that way yesterday. That it feels like game six is our funeral. And it feels as though that we're like at a a threshold of a massive era impacting decisions. Feels that way, right? New owner, new GM, everything's going on. Really feels as though there's a lot of like, kind of right. It feels that like imminent, like, like doom. This seems like a little strong for the words, but that's a little bit what it feels like. And yet it's sports. And that's the craziest thing about this. Like I said before game five, that there were two things that had to happen for like someone to win this series. One was going to be a superstar game, which Luke is totally capable of. And two is a good shooting game. And my comment was that Dallas has had theirs. We we really haven't totally had ours yet. And we had the opposite the other day. We had the ninth worst shooting game in the NBA playoffs in the last five years. We had the second worst shooting game of this year. Chicago is actually worse early on. Here's a crazy thing about this series from us offensively. We've actually solved the initial problem we had in the series. And the initial problem we had in the series was any ability to get high-quality looks. We we did not, in the first two games of the series, Dallas played us in a style 
in a manner where, and it's where I made the comment, like, I don't think this is a sustainable way for us to win games, if you recall, after game one. Like, we're not going to win another game like that. Our, there's a stat called QSQ, which is quantified shot quality. You've probably heard it referenced. Quinn references it every now and then. In game one, our QSQ was 42.7. That means if we shot average that night, with all the shots we get, our effective field goal percentage would be about a 42, 47.2. League average effective field goal percentage is, is now up at above 51, 52, I think, for the season. So, you know, to put that in perspective for a second, you know, the Jazz generally, not this year, our QSQ was not as good this year it has been in years past. If, if you've been a long time Locked on Jazz listener, which you, you've heard from me before, is a discussion about the fact that the bat, that we have been kind of the team that had this great math advantage at all times during the year. Um, and, what, and we haven't so much had that. Our regular season QSQ this year was a 52.6. We're a good shooting team, so we shot 55.1 effective field goal percentage. So, and if you were wondering, the league average or the best in the league at QSQ, just so you have a kind of a reference point to this. The number one team in the league, the Warriors took the best shots at 53.7. The median team in the league was 51.7. Okay, so you kind of have it. Let's call it 50, 51, 52 is the middle, is good. 52 is good. 53 is great. There, 51 is okay. That's, that's our way of knowing it. So if your QSQ is 51, you're okay. 52, it's good. 53 is great. Okay. And then there's a stat called QSI, and then um, which is how much you out uh, achieve more. And then there's a stat called QSM, which is what Kevin Pelton uses in all his articles, which talks about how you shoot compared to your quality of player. We were dead on average to our quality of player. We overshot our value because we're generally a good shooting team this season. So here's the thing: in game games one and two, our shot quality. Um, in game number. four, in game number one, our shot quality was a 57, 47, excuse me, 47.2. And in game number three, or game number two, it was a 46.9. Horrendous. Those would be far away worst of any team in the NBA. No team in the NBA had a QSQ below 50 this year. So in games one and two, give Dallas amazing credit. They took control of the series. They kind of flustered us. We got bad shot quality. There is an element here where if you foul us every single time, then... Uh, it ends up that we end up feeling, you know, you end up with a little less good shot quality because those are free throws instead of a dunk, like if Rudy's getting his dunks. In game three, we broke through. We got our shot quality up to 52.8, and we had a great shooting game. We had a plus 10 shooting game um, to the quality of shots that we got in that game. That might be, I've said we haven't had our shooting game yet. That that might not be true. That might be, um, I might be miss a little bit of a misnomer there um, on my end of things. Then in game three or game four, we do it again. We have a really good shot quality again in game four. In fact, we have the best shot quality we've had in the entire series at 53.3. And we don't shoot it well and we still win. Because our shot quality was that good at 53.3. Game five, our shot quality is a 52.3 again. So we've actually broken through. Jump stops in the lane, passing out, getting more threes, not playing really in, in transition, but just get we've gotten better looks. <clears throat> what we in game three, we shot an unbelievable 15 percentage points below what our quality of player should have shot. 
and 13 percentage points below what we should have shot in any game for a regular game. 13 percentage points. If we shot an average night based on those shots, we would have been 13 percentage points better. It was our worst shooting night of the season by a mile. The only time we were probably worse was or anywhere close was December 20th at Charlotte. Otherwise, we have we weren't close. We only had six games all year where we were more than seven points below what you would have expected out of us. Um, based on our quality of players, we had seven games where we were 10 percentage points. We were 15 percentage points worse. Really, frankly, Dallas does some things well. Could have been fatigue. This is where I think fatigue could have mattered. Um you know, we can get into some esoteric stuff about lack of um, lack of connectivity. We don't seem to have a common thread. We don't see right. We don't have the enjoyment. We don't have a zest and a joy to how we play right now. All fair. I'm actually those aren't numbers things, but I'm totally in on that right now. I've talked about it. the bench of the Mavericks versus the bench of the Jazz to me. Just watching the series. But so, and I'll get into it in a second. So we actually begin to do some things really well. So there's actually some like little bit of data here that says like, oh okay, and then. Well, well, the stretch that lost is the game we're going to look at next. It's pretty interesting. We did everything wrong. We actually didn't collapse. We fixed it, and it got worse while we were doing it right, which is, like, really unfortunate. The flip side of this, by the way, is Dallas. And, you know, there is the Luka factor here where he's just that good, and so the superstar game goes to Luka here at some point. He just closes out the series. Now, he hasn't been able to do that yet in his career. It's a natural stepping stone for him to do it here. If you're wondering on Dallas's QSQ and, and where they sit in the series, in their first game, they were 50.2. Their second game, they were 49.1, so not good. Their third game, they were 52.3, good. And they shot lights out, so they got the win. In game four, they were a 47.8 when Luka came back. They seemed to kind of flustered, did bad. And their game five, they were back to 52.8, which is pretty good shot quality, give them credit. They didn't actually shoot it great. They were below average. They've had one game this in this series where they shot a shot quality of just their shots, not their ability, 11 points above average. And that was game two in which they lost, which they won. So they've had one, you know, what I would say, anything you're 10 times over, 10 percentage points over your expected. It's a little bit of an outlier. And what they, uh, and so they had that. We had the 10 in game three in which we lost interestingly enough we had our outlier shooting game in game three that we lost and then we've had the outlier bad shooting night and they haven't had that yet so maybe it's that we need dallas to have a bad outlier shooting night and we have another good one and the whole series flips it's sports you just never know i agree i'm not lying I got the same feeling you do as a fan, like the topsy-turvy fourth quarter this is, that's all the stuff, the news, the outside noise. You know, frankly, I came to the playoffs with this, like, desire to stick the outside news narrative to F the talk and be able to move on and be like, stop talking about us. And frankly, all we've done in this series is made all the talk look valid. So, yeah, but it's sports. You never know. It's a happy hat day. All right. Um, You never know. And there's some like, my point is you never know because it's sports. True is there's a little bit of sign there that like, okay, it's not as like outlandishly 
one-sided this way or the other, That as is the case. And Dallas experienced this last year. Dallas got up 2-0 on the Clippers, and everyone, including me, is kind of taking cheap shots on them losing the series. It's actually wildly unfair. And the reason it's wildly unfair is because they actually shot the out of the ball in their first two games of the series. And if you looked at the QSQ of that first two games of that series, Dallas was so far out of whack, you actually knew they didn't have the series. Here's the QSQ for the series. This is pretty interesting. Jazz shot quality is 50.4, and Dallas's shot quality is 50.5. Now, defensively, we're having less impact on them, but that's still shot quality, openness, where you are on the floor, all those kind of things. Our guys have shot three and a half percentage points below what you'd expect out of them. Theirs guys have shot 0.7 percentage points above. Give them credit. That's why they're ahead. So, give them credit. Um, but, who knows? Uh, and that's that's the fun part about sport. All right, I thought the, I went back to review where the game fell apart in game five. I thought it was really, really interesting. So, what I mesmerized by about game five for the jazz is this team that we're going to, the narrative on the team again is going to be that they, they, they have no connectivity. They're not sharing they, These are the, the players words themselves. Um, the coaches words themselves that they're not sharing. And that when things get tough, they roll. Okay. Well, things couldn't have gotten tougher in the first quarter. They shot like six of 20 0 of eight from three. They didn't have a three till the nine thirty four mark of the third quarter. And, Despite being down nine, they got in, they got back up to, they got it back to within like three. And then we brought our guys back in and it totally fell apart. And the first half of it is horrendous. And the second half is us doing everything right and getting no dividends. And it's super interesting. So let me walk you through it coming up here. Taylor's got a great point um, that we'll touch on in our question section about how bad our first quarters have been because they've been, he says, atrocious and Taylor. Nice word, because that is a tr- that is, that is completely completely accurate. Uh, Wednesday edition of Locked On Jazz is brought to you by my good friend over at Intercap Lending, Steve Carter. Steve Carter, you know what? Steve Carter is a walking happy hat day. That is what Steve Carter is. Steve Carter is a walking happy hat day because you know what? He just makes every dealing with him is so pleasant. His energy is so terrific. And the fact that he just amazingly gets work done and every single lockdown person we've sent to leaves a review that is just amazing. And that's the coolest part um, about Steve and what he brings to lockdown. Tom Ferguson wrote, heard about Intercap on a podcast, so I gave them a try. We went to refinance. Our situation was a little more complicated because we are a small business owner. Steve was amazing to work with, always super polite, extra communicative to let me know exactly what was going on with Certainly recommended. Ben Crosby says Steve and the team at Intercap were excellent. Feedback was timely. Process was smooth. Rate was so much better than others I had hoped. Marshall said we had a phenomenal experience with Intercap lending. Couldn't have had a bet more happy with their work, their attentiveness, follow-up partnership. I certainly hope I have the opportunity to work with them again in the future. The, the whole world lending world is changing a little bit right now, so you want to jump in, connect with our guy Steve Carter over at Intercap. You can email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com, and I'll just send an email and get you set up. If you don't want to do that because you don't want me to know that you're, I don't know why, you just don't want to deal with me, totally cool. Um, but call Steve at 385-885-28, 385-885-28. Just make sure you tell him you're with Locked On so you get the Intercap Locked On corporate discount. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. 
Com. Today's show is also brought to you by Shady Rays. That's right. I have my Shady Rays right here. Maybe I'll do my Shady Ray broadcast with the, uh, oh, yeah, the blue shades, the happy hat, the mustard yellow shirt. We got it all going on today. Shady Rays is a cool company. They're going to get you your sunglasses with all sorts of guarantees and promises and things that you can't get anywhere else while saving you a ton of money. And the deal for Shady Rays right now is amazing. With the code locked on, you get 50% off two or more pairs. So I can switch to these. Which do we like better? Should I go with these? Is this the look for the show today? Me and my Shady Rays and my dark glasses doing it. Do I, could I look more ridiculous right now? It's almost worth being on YouTube just to see what a... Never mind. Can't use those words on the air. Um, Anyway, Shady Rays features $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, premium high-end finishes. uh, All there. Plus, Shady Rays has the insane protection program, which includes lost and broken and protection on every pair. And they send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try. If you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with your Shady Rays. Again, promo code locked on at shadyrays.com gets you 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. I blew it. I only got two. It said two or more, and I didn't realize that when it happened. It is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, the Appreciate it very much, and thanks for making us your first listen. Thursday is the NFL Draft. We will be live on Locked On NFL YouTube. There'll be no draft coverage better than what Locked On's bringing you. We have our national experts covering the draft, Eric Crocker, Ryan Trace. We have Isaiah Stanback, former NFL pro, covers the draft, who's uh, our NFL insider. We have um, all of our local experts there for you as well. So every time a deal goes down, we get the local experts. We tap into that. We have all of our college uh insiders who know the players it's going to be awesome so make sure you grab that locked on nfl youtube also on your odyssey app if you want the audio version also if you are an ott roku or amazon fire on any of the tegna stations um ott uh as well all right this is fascinating to me so it's 32 28 we're right in the game donovan comes back in there's 8 17 left in the second we've weathered the storm donovan comes in and the first possession is terrible just be honest donovan comes off a pick and roll he like it almost feels like he has no feel for the game at all he gets himself trapped he falls to the ground he throws a baseline pass to the corner it's stolen it's a fast break the other way it's like ah it's like as bad as don can be right there i think don would agree with me like i'm not like not saying don's bad i'm just saying that like single it's the one charles barkley kills him on on tnt well dallas turns it over we come back the other way and i don't know what happens but don gets in the cot in the air and he throws another one away all right so like brutal we come back out. Our superstar commits two turnovers. They run a pin down for Luca. Our help defense is bad. Don does a weird, like, wave thing that was, like, really weird. They try to set a back pick for corner three. It doesn't really happen. Brunson gets a backdoor, lays it up. All right, not good. Then the next possession, Don walks it up the floor. We don't make our first pass until 10 on the shot clock. We go ISO to bogey at 9 on the clock. And he turns his back and they double team him and steal it because he knows that doesn't have enough time to do anything. And it's like, oh my gosh, can we be worse? It's like right there is like 
everything we've talked about about what's wrong with this team this year. Don comes down. Nobody touches the ball. We then don't really run it. We walk up the court after a free throw by Brunson. We don't have any force coming into the possession. We just pass it to Bogey. Bogey's a, it, like Bogey's post stuff is good, but it's not that good. And like, it's like, okay. Um, Brunson, uh, Brunson gets a layup and Dallas is doing the exact opposite thing that we do. They're running multiple actions, multiple. They make multiple thrusts at you. Powell comes in, gives to Doncic, flips it back to the, the Brunson comes to it. It's like the exact opposite. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like why they're good and why we're bad right now. Like, uh, then the next two possessions are baskets. I don't like them. They're Clarkson coming up with no ball movement, no passes, nothing. He scores back to back. But it suddenly means by the eight from the eight seventeen time to the five forty mark, we've literally thrown one pass. Again, one pass. Someone because Donovan turns it over twice, trying to push it ahead. Someone because Clarkson scores twice. I mean, like it's hard to complain when Clarkson scores on two of them. And then the post-up of Bogey, just, ugh. The next possession, Clarkson goes one-on-one again. Donovan is wide, beeping open at the top on a catch-and-shoot three. Like, you can't get a better beeping look, and he doesn't pass it, and he misses. Okay. In the meantime, over here, like, they're just kind of picking us apart. Doncic is doing his thing, and next thing you know, we're down 10. So, we're going to collapse right now, right? Like, that's a horrendous stretch of three minutes of basketball. We've thrown a grand total of one pass in six possessions. We have no collective energy. We play with no juice, right? There's all these net, like it should be that we completely collapse right here. And then they go up 20. That's like, that makes sense. It's not what happened at all. We actually do the opposite. It's almost as though we recognize how badly we're playing. Bogey's touched the ball once in five possessions. Donovan hasn't touched in, in six possessions. Donovan hasn't touched in three possessions. Clarkson has suddenly touched on three straight. And all of a sudden, the next possession, we play in transition with a push off of a nice uh, defensive play, off a turnover. We get a turnover on, on Doncic, and Clarkson goes to the middle and passes to the corner, and Donovan is wide open for a corner three on a catch-and-shoot. Like, until this year, he was the second-best catch-and-shoot guy in all the NBA. And he misses. Like, it was perfect. The next possession we come down, Donovan has on the left wing. He throws a a cross pass that Quinn always talks about, an absolutely perfect skip pass to Boyan Bogdanovich for a wide-open three. Perfect basketball. Misses. The next possession down defensively, you know, we're allowing them to score because Luka Doncic hits an unbelievable fadeaway left side that he's even laughing about because he's just great. Because he's just great. This is the problem here. Luka's so good and Brunson's been so good that we can't get a consecutive run of like five, six, seven stops so that when we suddenly have this weird drought offensively where we miss six straight threes, the game's over. The next possession, Donovan gets doubled. He bounces a beautiful pass to Royce. Royce goes in the lane, and Rudy makes an inexplicable play where he decides to pull the ball out of the middle of the cylinder and ends up with a goaltend. It was like, really, four, three, four brilliant possessions in a row, no dividend. 
Next possession, we walk it up. So it's like um, Luca hits a crazy shot. We walk it up. You're thinking we're pretty dejected. We actually run a set play. Donovan sees it, kind of orchestrates it. Bogey pops out, right side three, wide open, pops out, wide open, missed it. Bogey's legs were gone. And maybe we were dead. Maybe the fact of the matter is that Dallas is more athletic, bigger, maybe better at every position, almost every position. And that for us to win a game took so much energy in game four that we didn't have anything left in game five. Maybe that's the reality. The next possession down, perfect ball movement, perfect action. Royce wide open, top of the key three, missed it. Next possession, push ahead. Luca's being lazy defensively. Royce wide open, corner three, missed it. Game's over. We're down 15, probably over. Um, we end up going down 20, game's certainly over. Pretty interesting to me, though, when you look at that, that like we did we did have the stretch where everything was wrong. Like, it's just, like, everything was wrong. And we bounded out of it by playing right again. I'm not sure we've done that a lot. I thought that was actually... When re-watching, I didn't know what I was going to watch. I thought it could have been Friday the 13th, Halloween Part 6. I thought it could have been a real horror movie. I thought it could have been, you know, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Red rum, red rum, red rum. Like, I thought it could have been bad. It was not bad. It's not great. You don't want to go down 20. But I thought it was interesting. All right, I'll take some of your questions. Um... I have a weird non-statistical thought. I like, you know, I always fall back on my numbers. Um, but I have a weird thought. Hello to all the Maverick fans that have joined us in our chat room. We appreciate it. Feel free to comment in the comment section if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, always appreciate that as well. Thanks very much for making Lockdown Jazz your first listen. You know what I'm doing next? I'm literally finishing the show. And I'm driving down to Built. I'm going to go to the Built factories today. Of the great Built Bar. They launched the new granola bar, a new experience from Built. It is their granola bar that is a coconut chocolate granola bar, coconut or chocolate, chocolate coconut, chocolate peanut butter, and white chocolate berry granola bars. A new experience from Built, 15 grams of protein. Again, 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious. The granola bars are out. You can get the granola bar mix box. The mint marshmallow puffs. Coconut puffs, churro puffs, and the chuffs puffs mix box are still available. And then all your regular build your own box as well. It is built bar. It's protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, four net sugars, four carbs, six grams of fiber, and 17 grams of protein. Built bar. It's powering an entire podcast network at this point. Go check it out. Promo code LOCKED15 works on the new granola bars as well. 15% of protein means it's granola built better. Go to built.com and get your 15% off your entire order with the promo code LOCKED15. If you're a baseball fan, Locked On Now is a fun way to recap the night that was in Major League Baseball, also in hockey and Major League Baseball playoffs, hosted by Kanani Stevens. It's a lot of fun. All right, let's get to um, a bunch of the questions today because I have not, I didn't do as good a job yesterday. I want to get to some of those today. Here's my quick question. Oh, Ray's coming to game six. We're fine. That's what I just found out. Uh, here's my quick thought. 
the league's much more even than ever before. You watch Minnesota play Memphis. There's no real difference between those teams right now. Those two young stars are incredible. Um, you know, you watch us play Minnesota or Memphis. There's no big difference. You watch us play Dallas. It's not that big a difference, frankly. Um, you watch New Orleans, who is 20 games less good in the regular season than play Phoenix right now. Phoenix is better, but not one eight better. Um, Miami did just handle Atlanta a little bit. Um, but you're watching really other than Brooklyn's disaster, things are pretty close. And that's what the leagues want to do. We're on the verge of having our fifth straight different champion. It will be the first time this has happened since I think 76 to 81 of having five different champions, unless the bucks repeat, which is possible. Um, and it makes me wonder if just there is more parity. And so some of the little intangible things matter more getting along, playing with juice, having collective energy, like, we don't have bench energy, right? Rudy Gay, Hassan Whiteside are not bounding up off the bench like Theo Pinson and the Mavericks bench has been doing in this series. Josh Green and those guys. That's just not where they are in their career. They have a lesser role. They're less – this is not who they are. And so does some of that stuff actually matter more, Um, you know, than it, than it used to because the margin of error is just so much smaller uh, between all these teams. Um, Mike says, I, Matt says, I don't know about advantage since they get the same rest, but definitely seem like we need it more. You know, our guards have not been good in without rest. Mike uh, and obviously Donovan is now dealing with, I guess not dealing with a hamstring anymore, but now dealing with bruised uh, quads. But if you look at Donovan this year, when it, he was less good as a game wore on and less good as he got less rest. Those two things seem to me to be related. You could disagree with me if you want to, but if you look at true shooting percentage, which is the best indicator of a player, his true shooting percentage on no days rest was 51 with a day's rest was 56 with two days rest was 58 and with three days rest was 68. Unbelievable. And he, you know, he took games off all the, uh, throughout the year. Uh, whenever he felt worn down to get himself like before New York, he had really good games in New York. Um, and so I think you have, um, and you saw that, like he understood his, you know, his, he seemed to understand by his three point shooting on no days rest is 29, one day's rest, 35, two days rest, 35, three, three days rest, 42. So you get two days rest here. Maybe that gets Don going a little bit. Mike obviously just didn't play back to backs this year. And, um, and is the same thing. Mike's having, you know, obviously a really tough series. He's He's got a tough matchup on Brunson. It was a tough matchup in the regular season. They, tr- they tried to keep him off. He's done a nice job on Dinwiddie. But if you look at Mike, true shooting percentage, on one day's rest, 55. On two days, rest, 58. On three days, rest, 64. Three-point shooting, 39, 40, 51 on six days rest. On, on the human three days rest and the six times he did it. We don't have three days rest here, but, you know, yes, it does feel as though maybe the Jazz, for whatever reason, need more rest. Um, than before. I'd like to see a good show from Mike Conley tonight. I'd like to see it tomorrow night, personally, uh, Bluebird. But tonight, if Mike's got a show he's doing, um, tonight, Mike's chasing kids. His wife sprained her ankle in a foam pit, doing a backflip in a foam pit if you follow her on Instagram. So Mike's doing, um, Mike actually right now is just following kids around the house and going after them all the time. Um, but, you know, I think that that, I, I agree with you. If, uh, Mike, I don't want to put it like on, obviously, our guard line has to be better. Donovan is our star. We need a superstar game if we're going to win this series. It has At some point, there has to be a superstar game here or you don't win a seven-game series. And then number two is we, you know, it'd be nice to have a Mike game. 
Like, I mean, he's not going to have a super, Mike's not capable of a superstar game. You know, the problem is Luca can have a superstar game without us doing much. Bogey did a great job on him, but we don't have a natural way to guard him in any way, shape, or form, nor do most people. Uh, first quarter has been atrocious. Any lineup, any chances to Jazz start either Wancho or House tonight over Conley, shake up adjustments in the lineup and make them bigger. So it's really been atrocious offensively more than defensively, and it has been atrocious. You are correct. I believe our offensive rating of our starting lineup at this um, right now is uh, about an 86, I think, in the series. I think I believe our starting lineup has an offensive rating in the series. I'll pull it up right now um, of an 89.6. Dyslexia never killed, just slightly confuses. Uh, our defensive rating is a 109, which isn't terrible. We're a minus 19 with our starting lineup. Um, the only other lineup that's been really, really bad is Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Hassan Whiteside in 22 minutes. It's minus 52. Um, otherwise, everything else is kind of around, you know, small sample size. But 68 minutes for that lineup, the starting lineup is not good. I, I don't know the answer. So you start Jordan, and now you've really screwed up the entire rotation and you've gotten smaller, your idea is you start Wancho or House. House has not been good in this series um, or not been good enough that you suddenly bench Royce to start him. Uh, Gordy Chiesa used to always have a comment, you can never bench one guy because then you're blaming him. you got to bench two. I don't know how we do that. Um, so it's tricky. I don't I don't have the answer for you, Taylor, on that. I, I agree. Like the numbers would say five games into the series, your starting lineup is minus 19. It's got a 90 offense, 89.6 offensive rating like pull the plug on it. Maybe the answer is simply that you just sub in JC super fast, but that sub and that sub is usually for Mike and that lineup's been even in the series. Um, and then your next substitution is Whiteside in for Gobert, but that's the lineup that's been awful. So the problem is that our first two primary lineups have both been really bad. And so, yes, like there is an argument that at this point of the series, you do, um, you know, you do do something in that realm. Uh, I think Conley starts, even though he's not been good in the series. He says awful. Uh, if, uh, if Donovan doesn't play, I'm curious who takes his place. Maybe starting lot. Right. Yeah. I, you know, if Donovan doesn't play, I, you almost wonder if there's gonna be some weird, like energy juice thing that like they get going, but I don't know how you have enough firepower, um, to get it going. Um, why not Rudy Gay at this point, even if it's just for a few minutes, I don't think we have anything to lose. Yeah, I mean, he just wasn't good during the season. I mean, that's like, we kept trying and trying and played him out and gave him a run and gave him 15, 20 games and tried to play him. And like, if just be perfectly honest, he wasn't he wasn't good. Like, it's been a bummer. He came with an injury um, and maybe at 35 years old, coming off a heel injury, I think is what they called it, is, is too much. Um, you know, starting... On game 60, he didn't play for a while. And then game 60 through game 76, Quinn rolled him out for 17 games. He shot 39% for the field and 33% from three. It wasn't great. Like, you know, that, and if you stretch it back to, you know, January 16th and take it from that stretch, it's the same thing. It's 39, 32. You can stretch it back even further. And, um, and you just don't, you don't have a good set of numbers. He has kind of two great games to open the year in his first four. Um, but if you pick him up anywhere else along the lot, <laughs> along the way, those are the numbers you get is 39, 32. And that's, <clears throat> he just didn't play great. So um, yeah, maybe you have nothing to lose, but that's why he hasn't played yet. And Eric Pascal has done a nice job. 
Um, so I think that's, um, and I don't think you can expect him to, um, I don't think you can expect him to go make a bunch of threes. Um, I don't think it would make it worse either. That's need something decent in the perimeter. Paint points really aren't the issue. Yeah, we just got to make shots in that regard. Um, I think this is a great question. And I think Quinn's probably asking it too. What happened to the advantage basketball philosophy Quinn was big on when he became a coach? I, I, I think it's fair to say that this basketball team does not play and represent the style of basketball that Quinn Snyder's teams have played over the past years. You know, the lack of ball movement, the lack obvious unselfishness was like the first thing Quinn ever talked about when he came. I don't think this team has that. I mean, that's been the exact opposite of what we've talked about. Um, so I think there's, I think that's a fair comment, Jordan. And the question is, you know, can they regain some of those, that essence suddenly out of nowhere in a game six, because it's sports and sports is wacky. Thanks very much for tuning in to locked on jazz today. I think we're crossing over tonight with Nick and Isaac. So it'll be a, another crossover edition. I'm probably just gonna have to like take the punches, take them one after another, and then just hope that game six is sports. Apologize for the really unique color codes today on Locked on Jazz or combinations. See ya.